Are we open to allowing Christ to make his appeal to a new generation through us? Or are we bottling it up because of fear of man or other insecurities that we wrestle with? By the way, I just want to say that's a really real tension. Hello and welcome back to the Next Gen Podcast. It is great to have you here with me. My name is Harry. If we've never met before, welcome to the Next Gen Podcast. If you're returning and you're back again for some more, welcome back. No matter what platform you are listening or watching on from around the world, whatever country you're in, even as far as Munich, uh, which we've had someone email in saying that they are uh, part of the Next Gen Podcast and the Next Gen Nation from Munich, which is pretty uh, exciting considering we're here in Auckland, New Zealand right now. No matter what platform you're on, welcome. It is so good to have you here on episode six of the Next Gen Podcast. Our last episode, the third Q&A with H&A is out. If you've missed that one, make sure you check it out. We have a lot of fun um, trying to do some Love Like Leave with praise and worship songs. And uh, look, I mean, I, I like to think I can hold a note, um, but Annalise and I, we, we, we have had some disagreements. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Plus some awesome uh, tidbits and some tips as well in there, answering questions from our Next Gen Nation. Also, welcome back to all of our Next Gen Nation members. That's a growing community of Next Gen pastors and leaders uh, who have exclusive access to Instagram close friends and extra content that comes out from the Next Gen podcast crew. It's free to register. Head to harryslaternz.com and register for free. Look for the Next Gen Podcast tab on the website and you can join the Next Gen Nation as well. Hey, another just quick shout out for one of our other episodes, the episode with Andy Kirk from ACC Australia and also One Hope Ministries uh, and is the family's pastor for Glow Church in Australia. That was a great episode. We had some feedback actually, which has been so encouraging to hear. Uh, Somebody has already implemented some of the things that Andy was talking to us about Uh, in regards to getting the praise and worship team, uh, the production team to come and check out the kids ministry to give their ideas and to throw their weight behind the kids ministry. Uh, I I had this conversation with this kids pastor and they were saying to me, they haven't even come into the kids ministry yet, but just by being invited, they've already got thoughts around how they can make the kids ministry better. So it's so encouraging to hear that the Next Gen Podcast is helping practically, not just uh, inspiringly, as inspiringly, inspiringly as well. But no matter where you are around the world, watching on YouTube or any of our other platforms, welcome. It is so great to have you here as well. And a massive shout out to everybody who's shared this with their teams or on their social media platforms. We don't spend any money on this. It's a free resource, including any marketing. We don't do any marketing, any targeted ads, anything like that. So you sharing this, if it's a helpful resource for you, is a great help for us to get this out for free. We want to keep as much of our content for free as possible. So if you repost it uh, or share it on your social media, make sure you tag me at Harry Slade NZ on socials and I will repost you. Today, I am excited to share with you some research that I have found recently. Uh, This episode is called The 414 Window and I'm really excited to get into it. So without any further ado, let's get into our episode for today, The 414 Window. One of our key responsibilities as next-gen pastors and leaders is to help lead people to Christ. Jesus makes this really clear in the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, I'm reading from the New Living Translation today, says this, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
There's another verse, though, after this verse, which is where most people stop reading. Verse 20 says, Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is saying two things to his disciples that I think we should pay close attention to. He says, number one, go and make disciples of all the nations. That's a clear understanding for a lot of churches and a lot of pastors, a lot of leaders, that our job is to go and make disciples of all of the nations. But the second thing that he says is to teach these new disciples to obey all of the commands I have given you. This is awesome because Jesus is making it really clear that when we're winning people to Christ or when we're making disciples of all the nations, it first starts with winning them to Christ. And then we have the responsibility to teach the new disciples what Jesus has said and how to follow Christ effectively. Now, this might just be the evangelist in me that's firing up today, but I think it's very clear. Leading people to Christ is so very important, and it's actually a huge part of the call to leadership. I I also don't believe that it's just up to the evangelist, quote unquote, the evangelist, to do the evangelism. But I, I actually believe fundamentally that every Christian, no matter the age and the stage, should people to Christ. We should all be reaching out to our local communities in our ages and stages, talking to people about God, talking to people about God, depending on where we are. So what am I trying to say? I'm going to over leverage this point, but just humor me for a second. If you're in high school, wonderful. That's your opportunity to reach people. If you're in an old people's home, wonderful. That's your opportunity to reach people. If you're dropping kids off at school, that's your opportunity to reach people. If you're raising kids, that's your opportunity. No matter where you are, universities, your workplace, Wherever it is that you are, I believe that God's clear commandment to us or his clear instruction to us, command's quite heavy, but his instruction to us is to go and make disciples. And part of making those disciples is leading people to Christ. The the Oxford Dictionary defines evangelism as the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. I love that. We don't have to preach publicly exclusively to be evangelizing. I think there's this misconception around what evangelism actually is. And potentially we've got it confused with what it really is. Yes, public preaching, whether it's in the pulpit on a Sunday or on the street preaching. And by the way, I have a lot of respect for people who do preach publicly on the street. It's got to be one of the hardest places to actually preach the gospel. But there's also the second part of the definition of evangelism that I actually think is a key part of what we're supposed to do. It's personal witness. 2 Corinthians 5.20, this is the Apostle Paul. He says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So we are Christ's ambassadors. As leaders and pastors, our job is to actually be ambassadors of Christ to a new generation who don't know him. I love the thought that Christ is actually making his appeal through us as well that today is, are we allowing him to do that? Are we open to allowing Christ to make his appeal to a new generation through us? Or are we bottling it up because of fear of man or other insecurities that we wrestle with? By the way, I just want to say that's a really real tension, that fear of man being worried about what people are going to say. It's a real feeling that comes upon us or other insecurities like rejection uh, or 
any other sort of insecurities that might come up. Those are real tensions. But my encouragement to you today is to overcome those tensions because in next-gen ministry, there's such an importance to be this ambassador and to personally witness what God has done in your life to a new generation. Why? This is why, the 414 window. In 2020, the Global Ministry Center of the Church of the Nazarene did a survey across the USA. They discovered something called the 414 window, and that's what I want to share with you today. Looking at the percentage of when people became a Christian or a follower of Christ, they broke it down into different age groups. From age 0 to 3, only 1% became a Christian uh, or a follower of Christ. And that's obviously, that's hard to gauge. Uh, Ages 15 to 30, 10%, okay? Ages 10 to 30, 10%. Ages 30 plus, 4%. And here's the amazing amazing stat. (laughs) Here's the amazing stat. Ages 4 to 14, 85%. So what they did is they looked at the percentage of when people became a Christian or a follower of Christ and hugely, massively, this has been blowing blowing my mind. It's been blowing my mind since I read this stat. From the age of 4 to 14, 85% of Christians made a decision to follow Christ between the ages of 4 to 14. 85%. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's the vast majority of people made a decision to follow Christ between the age of 4 and 14. You know what this tells me? Kids ministries and preteens ministries have the biggest weight of opportunity when it comes to reaching a new generation. I mean, just look at the stats. The drop-off is huge. Even between 4 to 14 and 15 to 30, it goes from 85% to 10%. Then 30 plus, I mean, I don't even want to talk about that too much, but it's only 4%. Now, does that mean that youth ministries and young adults ministries aren't important? No, of course not. That's not what we're saying. Every part is of crucial importance. What I am saying today, though, is that the 414 window is the best window of time for salvation to take place. Barna Institute, uh, a group of um, uh, uh, people who do surveys and stats gatherings and stuff in the United States, did a survey as well and found that unbelieving children aged 5 to 13 have a 32% probability of accepting Christ, which kind of lines up to our stats here. And unbelieving youth aged 14 to 18 have a 14% probability. Unbelieving adults, uh, which is eight, uh, sorry, 19 plus, a 6% probability of coming to Christ. 98% of evangelical Christians made a decision to follow Christ before the age of 30. What does that mean? Because that's, that's a huge revelation. What does it mean? While these stats came out of America, I believe the truth is still pretty much universal. As next-gen pastors and leaders, we are vital for helping people find a relationship with Christ. These stats make it evidently clear that what we do in a kid's room or what we do in a preteen's ministry and even what we do in youth ministry is of vital importance for the future of not just the church, but of Christianity in our generation. I want to encourage you that the fourteen, the 414 window is so important. It's massive. We have a massive, wide open window of opportunity. And I want to encourage you today that what we're doing counts. 
So what do we do with this information? That, that's my next question. Like, what do we actually do with this information? Well, I've broken it down into different categories of pastors and leaders. So if it's not your category, you can agree and just move forward. But for senior pastors, I want to encourage you to invest into your kids and preteens ministry. It's never been clearer to me that what we do in those rooms is not just run a program so that the adults can have church, but we actually have the opportunity to minister to a new generation. Don't ever think of it as babysitting. And I want to encourage you, if you're a senior pastor, find ways to be involved. Don't just outsource this. Find ways to be involved. I know it might not be your strength, and I know it might not be what you grew up in, but I want to encourage you to buy in to the kids' ministry. I also want to encourage you to rethink your budget. Think about how you staff your kids' ministry uh, and what resources are thrown behind your kids' ministry as well. If you're a kids or preteen pastor or a leader, listen, don't buy into the discouragement. You are not insignificant on the grand scheme of ministry. I'm, I hit the mic, I'm that passionate. Uh, I want to encourage you, discouragement is one of the most uh rampant tools of the enemy when it comes to trying to get kids ministry, pastors and leaders to just count themselves out. Can I encourage you today? Don't be discouraged. Clearly, the reason why the enemy is so strong on discouragement is because he knows that this is the truth, the 4 to 14 window. I also want to encourage you to give kids an opportunity to respond in every single service. I often have these conversations with kids, pastors, and leaders. Yeah, but it's the same kids that make a decision to follow Christ. Listen, even as an adult, I made a decision to follow Jesus and accept him into my life six Sundays in a row because I didn't quite understand what it was that I was doing. And it wasn't until I had a pastor sit with me and explain, just lifting your hand, that's just the outward expression. There's actually something that has to happen in your heart. We never know what people are going through and we never know what kids have had happen to them in that week. So always give people an opportunity to respond. Listen, if you're uh, involved in preteens ministry or your youth pastor or kids pastor with preteens as your responsibility, I just want to encourage you. It's of vital importance. I, I, I believe that it can't just be a part or an add-on to a kids or youth ministry, but it needs to actually be its own thing with its own focus and its own investment. Why? Because we see here today in the 4 to 14 window that it's actually hugely important. It's massively important for salvation, but also discipleship. So I want to encourage you to think about what that could look like for your church environment. Youth pastors and leaders, think about what teenagers that you currently have in your youth ministry could serve in the kids' ministry to empower the discipleship of the 414 window. I want to also encourage you to be invested in the preteen space because that's the church that you're going to inherit in a few years' time. And for our young adults, pastors and leaders who might find this quite a, a discouraging episode, don't be discouraged. I want to encourage you. Who is it that's uh, in your youth, uh, sorry, young adults ministry that could serve in your kids' ministry right now? I also want to think about this for you. How could you encourage the kids' pastor and the kids' team? Encouragement, like actual verbal encouragement. Maybe you could do some meals or prayer support. I just want to encourage you that this doesn't mean that our young adults ministry, because here's the thing. The danger of this episode would be that you actually hear the wrong thing. You don't hear my heart here. I'm not saying anything out of the 414 window isn't important or adding value. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that we need to value the 414 window far more than we do because it's the window that people are most responsive. It doesn't mean that kids ministry is vastly more important than young adults ministry. We could have that debate another day. But I just want to encourage you that, man, we have this huge window of opportunity and we need to change our perspective as the church to understand that kids ministries and preteens ministries aren't just an add-on for the church or an optional extra, but actually in terms of their vitality for the future of Christianity, 
They are so incredibly important. And you know what? It actually makes sense to me that it's like that. Look at the darkness that surrounds Gen Alpha, who's in that window right now. The enemy isn't mucking around with them, and I think it's because he knows that they're more likely to be responsive to Jesus in that space. So he's doing everything he can to add depression, anxiety, stresses. The number one stress, this is a different conversation for another day, but the number one focus for Gen Alpha is the environmental crisis. Do you want to know why? It's because it's what's been shoved down their throats for years and years and years. The end, the end of the world is coming. The globe isn't being looked after. And I'm not a global scientist, so I'm not going to c- contribute my two cents into that space. But what I will say is that there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear of the future around Gen Alpha. So the enemy's not mucking around with Gen Alpha. He knows that this window is a. For us, we have to understand that it's so important to actually invest into our children's ministry and preteens ministry it's incredibly important why because the person uh, a person's worldview is determined by the age of 13 so everything that someone believes about themselves the world the church uh everything that they think their 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 pre uh their premeditated actions all of it is ingrained at the age uh, but before the age of 13 So we have a great weight of responsibility, Next Gen Pastors and Leaders and the Next Gen Podcast. We've got a great weight of responsibility to be ambassadors and reach this new generation, understanding that what we do is important for reaching. I encourage you to preach the gospel. Share your personal testimonies. Next Gen Ministries, by far, have the best window for leading people to Christ. When you put in the youth ministry as well into that window, and even the uh, the young adults ministry, what we see is that the majority of people make a decision to follow Christ in a next-gen ministry space. The overwhelming stat today that, I, that I've been blown away by is the weight of significance around our kids and preteens ministry. I think the church for a long time has thought that it was youth or young adults, but we're clearly seeing here that actually people's Uh, responsiveness or people's openness is far greater in the younger people than even the older younger people. So go with faith. I want to encourage you, go with faith, go with boldness and go make disciples of every nation. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'd love to hear what you think about that, by the way. You can send me an email uh, and I'd love to hear from you. Also, our Next Gen Nation, send through some questions. We can talk about that on our next Q&A with H&A, which is coming up in a few weeks you're doing a great job, okay? Don't be discouraged. You're doing a great job. And we have a huge opportunity, a huge window of opportunity to influence uh, and to share the gospel with a new generation and see them respond to Jesus. I want to uh, encourage you also to make sure that you like, rate, share this podcast with your teams and also on social media or anybody that you think this would help and benefit. Uh, because again, we don't spend any money on this. It's a free resource and we want to keep it free for as long as we can. So continue to do that. It's a massive help. Again, a massive shout out to the Next Gen Nation. If you want to be part of our Next Gen Nation, get free copies of the show notes, close friends on Instagram, extra bonus content, and you already know what to do. If you haven't done so already, what are you up to? Head to the website, harryslade.nz.com and register for free there. That's it for now, though. Listen, every Next Gen leader, be encouraged. Your story is changing history, leading the legacy, and changing the tide. So don't quit. Keep the grip. And I'll see you very soon back here on the Next Gen Podcast. See you.